Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, June 5th, we look at Lesson 10, the New Covenant. Together, we will see how new doesn't mean the old is done away with. Instead, it enhances the old. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, week 10, or lesson 10, I should say, the New Covenant in Jeremiah 31.31. Our listeners are probably very familiar with this Revised Standard Version. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And so I'm excited about this one because this shows us the way that we can continue our growth and the plan that God has made for us in order to do so. Mm. And so I, 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 was, I want to jump straight into this, Michael, because you have Jeremiah 31 through 34. So behold, the days are coming. Please share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this is kind of a key passage, and we want to look at New Covenant, uh, this whole idea of new, first of all, that new doesn't mean that's different. Ah, okay. Yeah. So some, I think some people think that new means the old is replaced or eclipsed or some, something like that. Uh, but new, sometimes we say new and improved. Um, you know, and I, I'm reminded of, of Kellogg's cornflakes, you know, and it has that great connection to Adventist history through the Kellogg brothers. And um, they had a commercial some years ago that, you know, try it again as for the first time. And so they're, they're trying to talk about the new Kellogg's. Well, it's not really different. Well, maybe they added some more sugar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but really, they're trying to get people to try it again. And I think that's what really this lesson's all about is God's trying to get our attention and the attention of human beings to the plan of salvation. And God is committed to always trying to do whatever he can to get our attention. Yeah, I um, agree with that. Let's, let's dive right in. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses uh, 31 to 34. And it's so important. I'm actually just going to take the time to, to read this here. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm just reading from the New King James. It happened to, happened to be the uh, Bible I grabbed this morning. Uh, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke... Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will... for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Ooh. There's a couple questions here kind of breaking this down a little bit. Who instigates the covenant? Yes. God. Yeah, of course. Right? I mean, God is the one who is the one who always is the initiator. Um, that's not to say that um, there aren't uh, other times throughout history when people reach out, but even then the Holy Spirit is prompting people's hearts. So God is the one trying to get our attention uh, whose law is being talked about here? Well, again, uh, great, great question. It says, my covenant, which they broke. So it's obviously it's God's covenant. Right. Um, so again, talking about the children of Israel. 
which stresses or which versus stress this relational aspect? Well, the same ones, 33 and 34. Um, and what act of God in behalf of his people forms the basis of that covenant uh, relationship? And, and this is the, my favorite part of this verse. Uh, it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Uh. And uh, to me, that's the key focus of this passage here. Um, God is trying to, God is all about the business of getting our attention. Um, he wants who, whosoever, yeah. you know, John three sixteen and at 17, um, whosoever um, to, to be saved. That, that's, that's you, that's me, that's everybody in, in, in all of this, this earth. And that's God's commitment to the human race is making that possible. Um, we do have this, you know, there's this reference to the Old Covenant. That's the children of Israel with the, the law that was given on Mount Sinai. They broke that law. It didn't work out so well. But, but God wasn't out for, you know, the, the, I think that really the challenge was is the children of Israel kept trying to make all of these external parameters to make themselves more spiritual. Yeah. When God kept saying, no, 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 I want your heart. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I, I like what you said earlier, Michael, which is the new doesn't mean the old is thrown away. Yeah. And we see that here. Yeah. What law is he writing on their hearts now? Yeah. It's the old, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And so basically what he's saying is, I'm taking out the middleman. Yeah. You don't need the priest any longer to come to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You now directly can come to me. Yeah. Uh, and so in other words, there's an there's an amendment to this covenant. Yeah. The amendment is now uh, the middleman's taken out, and directly you yeah. can come to me, and you're gonna now you, you don't have the, you're not responsible for your brother or your sister anymore. Yeah. Because they're gonna be responsible for themselves coming to me, but you're wow. responsible for you coming yeah. to me, right? Yeah. You know, it kind of makes me think of the. Um, you know, every once in a while. I mean, the, the, just the season, right? You know, graduation. Yeah. So yes. we've had a whole slew of weddings and stuff like yeah, that. We have, and we have another one coming up. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and, and I just enjoy that so much. And we celebrate that. Um, and as pastors, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you have as well, where sometimes you have uh, wedding renewals. Yes, you know? we do. And, and those no, are very beautiful. Uh, and I love when I see that and participate in, in, in facilitating that for a couple um, but when a couple renews their covenant, vows, right? their yeah. vows, yeah. doesn't mean that their marriage went away. No, no, they annul it first, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, although that sometimes happens. Oh, the yeah, doesn't get along. It does, you know? it does. They, it yeah, does. there's <laughs> drama and they get divorced. That's and, called a remarriage, yeah, though. <laughs> but it's different, right? It's, it's different. Yeah. So we're talking about that renewal of the covenant. Yes. So the new covenant is this renewal once again saying, hey, your heart yes i want your heart i want your attention i don't want it just externally and by the way we know historically the the ancient jews they they would wear these amulets with pieces of scripture in them they literally took that um to a physical you know where they would wear these kinds of things as if that would make them more spiritual frontlets between their eyes right right? yeah Yeah. and god's saying hey no um you're kind of missing the point here Mm -hmm. so uh buster help us out a little bit Uh, what's this whole heart work thing yeah so hosea chapter 2 verse 18 and 19 i'm going to read this one in the contemporary english version it says this and I will agree to let you live in peace. You will no longer be attacked by wild animals or birds or weapons of war. I will accept you as my wife forever. And instead, uh, instead, and instead of a bride price, I give you justice, fairness, love, and kindness, and faithfulness. Then you will truly know who I am. And 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 this is all about the work of the heart that God is is working towards. 
And and what 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 he is trying to get at here, and what he's signifying, is the fact that he wants this beautiful relationship. Mm-hmm. We see it again. Uh, this this is actually a, a sad story. With, uh, we see Jose oh, Gomer, right? Yes, right? yes. Uh, but the the end of it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Of of God saying, no matter how sinful you are, I want you, uh, mm-hmm. and I've died for you. My my precious blood has been spilled out for you. Wow. Uh, and that will never go away. But I still will never force you to come back to me. Yeah. Uh, I will never twist your arm, right, or coerce you to to love me and to follow me. And I, I have to end with this, Michael. This is Ezekiel chapter thirty six, verse twenty six. Uh, once again, I'm going to read in the contemporary English version just because of of how easily it flows here. I will take away your stubborn heart and give you a new heart and a desire to be faithful. You will only you will have only pure thoughts. Uh, if you have a chance to go through it, Ezekiel chapter 36, just read through it and just it kind of signifies what happens in baptism, mm-hmm. not not just baptism, but when you really surrender your life and your heart to God. Yeah. He's saying, yeah. I'll give you that desire if you want it. Right. Yeah. I'll yeah. give you that new heart if you accept the new heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because just because you say you want this doesn't mean you actually want it. You have to, sh- you have to show that you want it with your life and with your heart. Uh, and so with all these being said, uh, you, you kept talking about the heart work, but God is saying, I can't I can't give you that heart work heart mm-hmm. work until mm-hmm. you really give and surrender yourself. And that's what it takes first for us as for us to surrender at his feet. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the old covenants and the new covenants, Michael. Well, we're coming back to <clears throat> uh, Isaiah again, 56 verses 6 and 7. And, and it's actually there in our lesson. But again, it's such a key foundational text to the what we're talking about. I'm just going to read it quickly from the RSV. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant these I will bring in my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So first of all, I mean, God's reaching out, reminding them again. Here you have the house of Israel, this covenant once again uh, about uh, this promise uh, going back to Abraham and to the children of Israel. And um, what I think is key to grasp here in this particular passage is that this is not meant to be exclusive. God's covenant is not restricted to an elect few, but it's actually meant to be the opposite. It says the house of prayer for all peoples. God desires to be in covenant relationship with anyone and everyone who potentially uh, would like to be saved. Um, The plan of salvation is not exclusive. Our biggest challenge as Christians, I believe, is that all too often, both ancient Israel and today, there is a tendency, a proclivity, where where if we're not careful, we tend to make it um, our faith and our religion and even the Sabbath, this the whole religious experience, we tend to make it about ourselves. We tend to make it exclusive. Mm-hmm. And God's saying, no, it's exactly the opposite. It's true. So uh, coming on to, to Wednesday, uh, talks about a better covenant buster. Um, unpack that for us. 
You know, uh, the better covenant, and uh, I, I think this is going to clear things up for us. There's mm-hmm. a pastor that I, I had come down to speak to our youth, and he talked about the old covenants and new covenants in a way that was just captivating Henry Johnson. And as he spoke, uh, he, he, he basically broke it down like this. The new, the old covenant was, mm-hmm. uh, trust me, I'll take care of you. And, and so, in other words, the responsibility lied upon man. Mm-hmm. And it proved a point. We can't do it. We cannot remain sinless. I'm sorry. The greatest, uh, the greatest saint is a recovered sinner, right? It doesn't matter. Mercy. Even if I, from this day forward, never sin again, mm-hmm. it means I've still sinned in the past. Yeah. And so I deserve death. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just want us to keep in mind, but the new covenant is saying, you know what? You can't, so I will. Yeah. But you need to trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my blood is the once and for all sacrifice. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we read Hebrews 8, uh, Hebrews 8, 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. It says, if the first agreement with God had been all right, there would not have been any need for another one. But mm-hmm. the Lord found fault with it and said, I tell you, the time will come when I'll make a new agreement with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the plan of salvation, the mm-hmm. plan to send Christ, mm-hmm. the plan for Christ to die on the cross yeah. for our sins. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's not saying... Um, uh, the old covenant is done away with. They we just burn it. Uh, just burn it. Right, right. It means that the the outcomes mm-hmm. are different. Yeah. The outcomes of the old covenant. Uh, hey, <clears throat> I had to go kill a spotless lamb. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, now the once and for all lamb died for us mm-hmm. in our stead, and that is enough if we but accept him. Yeah. And and so as we think about that, and we we think about it, the fault and the failure of the old covenant was actually upon us yeah we couldn't we can't keep our end of the agreement it's pretty serious yeah it is very it's very yeah. serious it's, it's, it's egregious right mm-hmm. yeah we find that out of romans 3 and uh 23 and romans mm-hmm. 6 23 yeah but the yeah. wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life uh and so it, it asks us this question is it says in hebrews 8 verse 5 says, but the tent where they serve is just a copy of the shadow of the real one in heaven before moses made the tent he yeah. he was told be sure to make it exactly like the pattern you were shown on the mountain, right? Yeah. So we see here this tabernacle that was a it was a copy, it was a shadow. Yeah. The sacrificial system was a copy, it was a shadow of what was to come. Mm-hmm. And when Christ, our ultimate Lamb, came, that old is now obsolete and, yeah. and it's done away with. Yeah. But the the consequences are still there. It's just that yeah. God Himself took on the consequences for us, so wow. we don't have to go through them. Wow. You know, it keeps coming about this heavenly sanctuary and stuff like that. And as Adventists, we like to talk a lot about that. I'm reminded of uh, the ancient Near East and the archaeological digs. They have these, um, you know, all over the place. You'll find these uh, little small temples, sometimes big temples. Uh, and you have a san- you have a holy place and you almost always have a most holy place. Yeah. The most holy place is the inner sanctum, the house or the home of the God. And, and what this is talking about, this literal sanctuary in heaven, is that God is real. And there is a literal heaven where God exists, where he lives. And, and, and that is out of that uh, where God reveals himself, who he is, and the plan of salvation. Um, and that, that, that new covenant is just greater clarity of what God wants for us uh, in the, the whole process of salvation. So, well, Michael, that's a perfect segue into <laughs> the new covenant priest, right? All right, let's bring it on. <laughs> yeah, it's Thursday's lesson. Let's, let's go there. Hebrews 10.4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Um, in other words, um, you know, I was thinking as you're talking about the sacrifices, if I had to still do a sacrifice, 
Boy, that would be very traumatic, I think. Yeah, and I don't think PETA would, would be very happy with it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, and I, I think God did that. He's working within a cultural context. Yeah, he was. When, when people were sacrificing all the time to the various gods and things like that. And God's trying to teach them, hey, this the sin is a serious problem here. Um, but it's not even those sacrifices that really matter. At the end of the day, they're not going to appease God. They're not the ones, those sacrifices in and of themselves are not what save humanity. And, and that's what Hebrews is talking about here. And Matthew 27, uh, 51 uh, adds to this. And it says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And, and basically, of this image of the, the, the Christ, when when the fulfillment of all the types right. is the ultimate anti-type, as he dies on the cross, the sanctuary system was over. Mm-hmm. It was fulfilled. It was done. Uh, and, and, of course, um, the challenge being, just like the Sabbath, which we talked about last week, that the, the Jews, the ancient, ancient God's ancient people there, um, as they're trying to uh, uh, make the Sabbath about all these literal things that they did or didn't do, you know, how far they could walk and, and, and all these prohibitions that they had. Similarly, with the temple, they had made that into an actual religious object that was venerated in and of itself. And they lost the message, the mission of the temple with all of its sacrifices and symbols and everything else, that this was something God was, again, trying to use to get our attention, trying to to teach us. And we have a a, a living God. We have a living high priest, Jesus. We do. Uh, He is this new covenant priest because, again, it's just emphasizing with even greater clarity the plan of salvation god wanting to get our attention and um again it supersedes the old but it doesn't eclipse the old because we still learn from the the same message of the plan of salvation it's never changed the problem is is we've changed we've made it uh, (laughs) we've made made religion about ourselves and and to step on some toes i mean we have to ask ourselves today as as adventists do we have a tendency to make adventism about ourselves about being adventists than about Jesus have we objectified Ooh. these kinds of things right um, and I'm, I'm reminded of and I'm not trying to pick on anybody with you know so whoever our listeners are this is this is not meant to uh, I mean it but but if it, it fits you know if the shoe fits sort of thing you know and and, and I, I, it's a heart condition thing that we're really after when I'm trying to get at but but you know some some people follow for example the health message or the dress reform or different kinds of things Whatever it might be. as if that in and of itself will save them yeah. and, and I'm here to tell you today that you can be lost yeah you can and miss out on all of this and still be a vegetarian yeah. Even a vegan. Yeah. You know, because that doesn't save you. It's Jesus. Can I say that Hitler was a vegetarian? Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> you know, we, we, but, you know, and, and tragically, by the way, we'll give a shout out to our friend Matthew Lucio at the Adventist History Podcast. If you want the story behind what Buster just was talking about, check out his episodes in season two. He's got three episodes. Amazing. Yeah. On Adventist World War Two and Hitler. Just just listen to it. I'm not going to do justice in the short time we yeah, have no, to try no, to, no, no. to explain that. But but yeah, I mean, we we can, without realizing it, want political power and expediency. Yeah. Uh, why were Adventists in Germany so attracted to Hitler, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, earthly power. And, and God's trying to teach us again and again, don't make religion about yourselves. Don't make it even about politics. Yeah. 
because my kingdom's not of this world. Yeah, you look at people who follow the law to a T, but hearts yeah. were so far off from God. I'm thinking yeah. specifically of Matthew chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Unless your righteousness exceeds the, uh, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, Ooh. you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. And these were people who dedicated their lives to the Talmud, which is mm-hmm. adding the, what, 600 and something extra laws on top of the Ten Commandments saying, these things we will keep to a T. And God is saying, I still don't know you. I don't have your heart. Yeah. Right? And I, I know I can tell you this. We're not keeping the law better than they were. Mm. And yet, God is saying that that type of religion, that yeah. religiosity, is not what I'm after. I'm after a relationship with you. Yeah, yeah. And how you treat your brother and sister matters a great deal on that, right? He talks about Absolutely. justice and fairness and kindness. Yeah. This is what I want you to reciprocate towards others because this is what I've given you. Not just, not just truth as far as informational knowledge, but truth and relational knowledge. Are we letting it transform us from the heart? Yes. From the inward out. Yeah. And if we do, it's going to change every aspect of our lives. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. So uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.